Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. And this week we'll be lighting off fireworks as 4th of July is right around the corner. Chris, let me ask you, are you a fireworks kind of guy or do you still have all 10 fingers and toes? How do you celebrate the holiday? Uh, So... Fourth of July is huge in Arizona, as you probably would have guessed. Uh, a few years back, we started doing a neighborhood block party with all of our neighbors to try to get to know them. And um, they put on quite the impressive fireworks display in our street of both legal and less than legal fireworks. Uh, we we try not to do the fireworks thing because we have a rescue dog and she gets freaked out with all the fireworks, as do a lot of dogs. Oh, the dogs hate it. Our dog right. is going to be crying, running around the right. house, looking for ways out. And our neighbors love to light off the fireworks, which I have right. to admit, I love to light off the fireworks as well. But man, do the dogs hate it. Yeah. And so we'll go down to the dog shelter and play music, like pay, play like Beethoven and stuff to try to drown out some of the uh, fireworks to let the dogs relax and, and not be so afraid. Um, in That's cameras. an interesting way to celebrate. You go to the dog shelter for right. the dogs. Yep. Well, bring some hot dogs. I think they Always. would enjoy that. And uh, chicken nuggets. That, chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. My dog is a chicken monster. Just, yep. I have no idea. My, my dog's a superpower. Whenever I will reach into the fridge, Chris, I kid you not, I will pull out cold <laughs> chicken in a container. I look down, boom, there's Carmel. He knows it. Oh, yeah. He, he is like, he has an extra sense on him. And when chicken has left the fridge, his antenna has been alerted and he is there waiting for his treat. It's amazing. But this actually is, I believe, the hot dog eating contest time. Have yes, you it ever is. watched that? I do. It used to be a guy, and I can't think of his name right now, from San Jose, California. That held the record for eating Nathan's hot dogs. And I can't remember his name off for the life of me now. They wet them down and oh, shoved yeah. them Gross. in their mouth so fast. I, you know what? No, you got to have pickle. You got to have a relish on it. You got some mustard. Uh, yeah. But hey, I, I admire them. I cannot do that. I am over the age of 50 now. Well, more on that later. But I'm already at to that age where my <laughs> metabolism has decided to just shut down. Uh, and so I got to watch what I eat. We have a family reunion coming up. And so we are getting ready for what I call the Buttermore Open. So that's oh, how yeah. we're going to be celebrating our 4th of July. How are you going to be? So you're going to be staying there in town. Yeah, we're going to be in town. Actually, this year we're doing a uh, pancake breakfast. Because Arizona gets stupidly hot, and it's scheduled to be around 110 that day. So we're okay. going to do a pancake breakfast Monday morning, and then my wife and I and dog are loading up, and we're heading out to Coronado for the rest of the week. All right. My brother and I are trying to schedule a golf vacation. My brother's actually in town Ooh. with me right now, awesome. uh, Jeff, from Oregon. And so we are, we're we're trying to schedule a golf vacation. So we looked at Scottsdale on August 27th, uh, yeah. August 24th, 27th. You know, I can get on the TPC Sawgrass, the mm -hmm. course there that is a PGA caliber course there in Scottsdale. For $49. Do you yes, know what that tells me, Chris? That nobody plays in <laughs> August 28th at TPC Scottsdale it at all. It must be hotter than Hades there. I have no idea what we're doing. They're basically oh. giving away the golf courses for free, but that fits my budget. You know what? We actually, me um, and a couple of uh, general counsels for some companies here in Arizona, last Friday night we went out and played at Kierland in Scottsdale. And we paid $51 for 18 holes. Our tee time was 3 p.m. And it was like 108. And wow. by 18, I was out of gas. I was done. Like by 18, I triple bogeyed 18 after a beautiful par and a couple of bars before that. Triple bogeyed 18, threw my game off, but I was out of gas, man. We're four hours into it. Um, I'm dead. I've been hey, sweating. If we, make this, yeah. if we make this happen, then you're going to have to um, uh, come and join us for, for a round. That yeah. way we can do a podcast from the greens, and it's yes. all going to be a tax write-off. IRS, you of did course. not hear that, but nope. that that is the plan. I am going there for a business, and we might play some golf while we are there. All of right, course. Hey, 
we got a lot to talk about here. The ton. Supreme Absolute Court ton. has been in session. As we are speaking right now, I believe uh, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is going yep. back. He is retiring. I believe he's going to go back to his gig as being Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. <laughs> Have you seen that show, The Simpsons? Do you know who I'm talking about? The Simpsons is a cultural icon, man. It's been around since like 1991. Anybody our age should have seen The Simpsons and know who Montgomery Burns is. It, was Breyer not the model for Mr. Burns? Uh, not 30 years ago, but today he has grown quite into it. I tell you, they, they are doppelgangers, the two of them. Uh, oh, so yeah. maybe that's what he can do in his retirement. But let me just lay it out there right now, uh, Justice Breyer. If you are bored... You are always yep. welcome on always. this podcast. We will step aside and we will we would love to interview you. This is actually serious because he is one of the funniest justices on the Supreme Court. I've gone over every argument for the last 20 years. I've documented whenever there has been laughter at the Supreme Court. Now, Chris, mm -hmm. you probably know this, but I'm going to go ahead and put you on the spot. Do you know who over the last 20 years is the funniest justice on the Supreme Court? Uh, Breyer. Because that's uh, who no. we're talking Scalia. about. Scalia. Scalia's yeah. number one. You can't, you can't talk Scalia. Scal yeah, exactly. He know he knew how to drop the uh, the, the punchline, the the the, the one-liner. Uh, Scalia was absolutely hilarious. But number two, this might be a surprise to some people. It was Justice Breyer, aka Mr. Burns. And he is hilarious. Think of a Bob Newhart kind of delivery, a kind of a deadpan delivery. Yeah. He is absolutely hilarious. So he's welcome on this podcast. Whenever he Anytime. is done enforcing his HOA codes there in his subdivision. All right. Yep. So let's we, we have a lot to talk about the Supreme Court. He is retiring. Justice Jackson is stepping in. I believe it's Miss. Uh, how does that Janet Jackson song go? Do you remember? Yes. It's uh, call me Janet Miss Jackson if you're nasty. So I don't know if your nasty quotient should allow you to call her anything other than your honor, but still, yep. uh, we are going to, she is now joining the court. I yes. would like to say she is now the fourth woman on the court, but because I don't know how to define a woman, I'm not a biologist, I can't make that determination. Chris, what do, what do you think of this moment? I, it's historic, obviously. I first black female uh, justice on the Supreme Court. Um, I, I think that she brings a lot of, uh, interesting perspective. I think that she's going to be a good justice. I think she, I mean, she obviously has the pedigree to do so and hard work and she, I mean, she's the story of America. I think that, you know, growing up the way that she did and coming from, you know, uh, lower socioeconomic class poverty, moving her way up into the, the place where she's at now. I think it's amazing. I, I look forward to, to reading some of her opinions, and I'm pretty sure she's going to be in the dissent for a very long time. As do I look forward to reading her dissenting opinions, but I am afraid that I, I miss Breyer. I'm already miss Breyer. He was, <laughs> I think he was a great justice. I know he was often on the liberal side. But he right. also was on the conservative side at times. He was uh, he was a free agent. He could go either way. I like those justices that you couldn't just pigeonhole in one spot and predict their vote. You cannot predict Breyer's vote. Well, mm -hmm. pretty much for anything but the uh, the Eighth Amendment, um, capital punishment. He definitely was not a fan of capital punishment. But right. I, I like Breyer. But yeah, I am looking forward to reading Justice Jackson's opinions. Even though I agree mm -hmm. with you, many of them will probably be in a dissent. All right, so let's get on with the big item from this last week. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in the decision Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. The court dealt with this 2018 Mississippi law that banned virtually all abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy. That was the law at play. The Supreme yeah. Court took up this case and kind of change what it normally does. Normally, the court is a very measured, reserved court, will only rule in the most narrow way it has to, to decide that case before it. Here, all they had to decide was, was this law constitutional? Well, they said it was constitutional. That actually was a six to three vote. But then five of the justices went further and said, by the way, Roe v. Wade egregiously and wrongly decided it is now time to overturn Roe v. Wade and put that issue of whether or not abortion should be regulated back to the states. Now, Chris, I have a mm -hmm. 
bazillion thoughts on this matter. Let me just start with this first question. Do you agree, or what are your thoughts as to Samuel Alito's position that, look, this is a highly, highly contentious issue. This is something that has splintered the nation, unlike pretty much any other issue has done. And why should we be removing this issue from public debate? We should not be doing it. Let's let the states decide this issue. What is your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? Um, I want to preface this with Joel and I have been friends for years, and there are a few things we disagree with, and this is going to be one of them, because I think Samuel Alito missed the entire point of all of this. I think that... I think that this should not be a, an issue for the states because the states are undecided about it and it affects a broad section of of the the populace. This isn't a state by state issue. This is one of the few federal issues that need to be dealt with and it's the right to privacy is what the basis is and it's the right to of bodily autonomy. If we start removing people's bodily autonomy, none of the other rights matter. And I f- I fully believe that Scalia has been playing the long game because he published papers long before he was a Supreme Court justice or Scalia. I'm sorry. Alito is playing the long game because he's been wanting to overturn Roe v. Wade since he was in law school. And so he just, and good on him. He waited out his time. He, he picked the right opportunity, got the right case at the right time with the right justices and was able to execute on his agenda. I also think that during his confirmation hearings, he said that Roe was established precedent and that it would not be overturned. So the legitimacy of him coming in now and overturning Roe, in a case that didn't even ask to overturn Roe, it asked to just uh, change the limitations of when abortion should be legal down to 15 weeks from the original 30 weeks. But Samuel just went ahead and just dumped it all. And so it's but let's there's go, a lot of but, issues. But let's go to that the, the, the preface issue, the which I think is the predicate issue for this debate. I know a lot of people like to skip right by this issue. The issue is this. When does life begin? And there's a, right. there's a, a corollary issue to that, which is this. Um, who gets to decide when life begins? Because I will agree with you, and this will probably alienate me from a lot of the conservative listeners, but I will agree with you that in the Constitution there is a right – to bodily autonomy. Uh, I, I think it's in there somewhere. For example, uh, even uh, Amy Coney Barrett kind of mentioned it, it during oral argument here when she was at, asked a question. About, she said, look, when it comes to vaccinations, we don't like the idea that you can just stick needles into people's arms and you can force people to do that. No, you have a right to bodily autonomy. It's in there somewhere. It, that would be really the Fourth Amendment, Tenth Word. Just putting we, it out we there. We really can't point to it. I guess you just pointed to it. But still, this, we can't disagree with that. When it comes to yeah, you can't take a needle and shove it down my, my veins. I have some kind of right to say, no, don't do that. So I will agree with that aspect of it. But there is another part of this equation that people like to, to sidestep. And that is this. We're talking about life. When does life begin and who gets to make that decision? So here's what Samuel Alito said. Samuel Alito said that um, uh, he said that, well, the, this is going to set off a seismic shift in reproductive rights across the United States. It yes, will allow it will. states to ban abortion. And experts expect that about half of the states will do so. If yep. half of the states are now going to restrict regulated abortion, does that not mean that this is a case that maybe nine justices shouldn't be deciding. In other words, when life begins, mm-hmm. when life begins. So I know we want to jump to, oh, the, the right to bodily autonomy. I get that. And I, I agree with that. But the other half is when does life begin? Why do we have to shut off debate on that issue? Because if we open up debate on that issue, real change has to come about. Real, actual. Uh, you have me on board so far. I'm not going to disagree change. with you. Because if California says life begins at first breath, right? And Arizona says life begins at fertilization, and you have a mother in California and a father in Arizona, how do you decide family law issues of support, insurance, um, right? right? How do you debate this? Well, California says it's first breath. So the father isn't on the hook for insurance, child support, social security, or any sort of programs until the child is actually out of the womb. Whereas Arizona says, no, 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 
it's at fertilization. So you start paying retroactively because you find out you're pregnant at about eight weeks, best of my knowledge. I haven't found out if I'm pregnant yet, so I don't know these things. Um, but you find out you're pregnant at eight weeks. Now, retroactively, you owe eight weeks back of insurance support and all that jazz. That's going to do a revolutionize of the healthcare industry, of taxation, of um, forum shopping, the whole nine yards. They, uh, and, and I agree. And so if the issue is when life begins, it's so, if it's so paramount, so important. Yeah, that might create a lot of disagreement between the states. I don't know why nine Supreme Court justices who are not elected and really can't be voted out of office, they get to decide that issue on when life begins. I don't see anywhere in the Constitution or in anywhere else where they should have the right to make that determination if South Dakota... If California wants to say, no, look, we are, we are the state. We believe life begins at whatever date and time. We, that's when life begins. I don't know why nine Supreme Court justices who have never stepped foot in South Dakota gets to say, no, you're wrong. You cannot protect life at a certain stage. I don't see under the Constitution where they have that right. And, and so that is the issue that I, I, I think is missed and, in this debate. And what happens when you get completely radical laws that say life doesn't technically begin until the age of adulthood. You're technically not alive until 18 years old. That's when you can go join the military. That's when you can start entering contracts. That's when you can start. I mean, not that I, that's obviously an extreme argument, but at this point, if you leave oh, it up I, to I've states, heard crazy, right? I've even like, heard one was, I believe a New Jersey um, Princeton scholar, um, uh, Mr. Singer said that right. life doesn't actually begin until the baby is about, um, six months old. And so abortion should be legal up to six months. Of course, that's outlandish. No one would, would agree with that. So that's murder. Okay. If that is murder, we all can agree that killing an 18 year old is murder and that killing a six month old baby is murder. Why don't we have the same equal thought that, well, wait a second, if it's in the womb for six months, also that is murder. Why can't that be an, uh, a response from people? So why is it that um, nine unelected justices get to decide when life begins. That, so that's the issue I would like to focus on. And of course, the public is ignoring it. I, I don't understand why the states cannot decide that issue. Well, and the states don't decide that issue. Because if you look at all the trigger laws that are coming out right now, whether it's Oklahoma or Louisiana or Utah or even here in Arizona, they don't determine when life begins. The abortion laws are just straight outlawing the termination of a pregnancy. It doesn't say because life begins at fertilization or life begins at six weeks. It just says women are not allowed to have abortions. And so the states aren't even tackling when life begins because that's a whole different war chest they have to – because, again, if you determine that life begins at eight weeks or what, what some would consider a heartbeat or cells vibrating, then you have a whole different legal protections because the right to the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects – is the Fourth Amendment. So now you have to attribute Fourth Amendment constitutional rights to something that is vibrating cells at eight weeks. Or, and, the flip side, is an actual person at eight weeks. And let me take it one step further, because now I am going to step on the toes of the people who might be uh, of following me. I, I'm not sure, but right. I do believe the states have the right to decide when life begins. Uh, uh, I think that that is... is is part of what the state does. And, and they, I do believe there is a right to privacy in the Constitution as well. How do you merge those two? Well, I don't think nine justices have the final say on that. I, but that being said, um, when you get to, let's see, Chris, I lost my train of thought as I was talking about this. I forgot where I was going. Maybe it'll, it'll come back to me at, at some later time. Oh, I know where I was going now. When it comes to other areas of the law, we also need to be equal in our in our application of the law. For example, tax deductions. Why is it that when you have a, 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 a fetus in your body and it's a life and you view it as a life, why is that fetus not entitled to a tax exemption on the tax? Why are we not treating it as a life? I don't understand that. And, and there are I, a lot of... That's the argument, right? If it was a life, it would receive the protections that life receives. Even as a child that is newly born, you may not have the right to bear arms. 
We get that. But you still have certain inalienable rights from the Constitution from the minute that you are deemed a life. And if the underlying issue is that that states like whatever are determining that life is at the, the Mississippi law, life was at 15 weeks. That's when they determined life was. Essentially, that's what they're saying. Life is at 15 weeks. Everything else needs to kick in at 15 weeks, too, because now you are a life and you have yeah, inalienable are- rights. And what they will say is they'll say, no, look, it's it's fetal life. No, no, I, I don't like There's it when no you're difference. trying to distinguish it. I believe it's a life. And right. I believe, and I will agree that it's a difficult issue. I will grant you that. Uh, as to when does life begin, some people say it's at, it's at conception, it's at implantation, it's somewhere right. along the way when a heartbeat First happens. Yeah. I will agree that it is a difficult issue. That's why I say nine Supreme Court justices don't get to have the final word on that. But I, I, do, I will agree it's a difficult issue as to when life begins. But whenever life begins, why are we saying we're not going to afford it? We're not really going to treat it like it's a life. I don't understand. I wish we were equal in all of our laws when it comes to this is an actual human life. Let's treat it. I actually got a call several years ago by a couple of state legislators. I don't want to give you the state. And they said, Joel, how can we overturn Roe v. Wade? What is the strategy here? And this is what I told them. Here's how you do it. This is the secret. Start treating it as if it is a life. How about right. that? Change, go through all of your laws. How about our vernacular? Chris, I know I'm on a soapbox right now, yep. but this is what we do. We say, oh, we find out someone's pregnant. Oh, you're a mother to be. Right. No, she's not. She is a mother right now. That is life inside of her. Take that out of your vernacular. She is a mother to be. Oh, you're a father to be. No, no. He's a father right now. Tax exemptions, whatever else in the law this comes up, let's treat it as if it is a human being. And then have the Supreme Court tell you, no, you can't do that. You cannot, under your state's laws, treat this the, the, this fetus as if it were a human being. Why not? So I said, if you want to start paving the way to overturn Roe v. Wade, change your laws to actually treat the fetus as if it were a human being. They did no. not pass they did not take my suggestions, no. and nonetheless, Rover Wade was overturned, so it shows you what I know. All right, let's now go on to what is the next step here. And so there is some suggestion out there that Thomas, in his concurring opinion, said, hey, look, now that we have overturned Roe v. Wade, all of the other issues where the Supreme Court was wrong before are now in danger. Now, the majority except was very for emphatic. One. Except for one, he... he- conveniently left out loving v virginia interesting named all the other ones by name but left out the one that affects him now i will say that he's he's on an island here none of the others went along in fact kavanaugh was emphatic nope this is a very narrow opinion this only deals with abortion nothing else and i think that thomas is quite out there by himself when it comes to trying to say we're going to look at the other areas i know the dissent was making a big deal over oh look now that they've overturned roe v wade watch out they're coming for your contraceptives yes no chris that's not going to happen i i know that's the talking point from the left that's not going to happen I, i i respectfully disagree joel i feel that this is first off the the opinion of Justice Thomas, I don't know if this shows his cognitive decline or if he was just trying to give a, a Santa Claus wish list or whatever he was trying to do. He cited himself multiple times as being the authority on this issue, which in a lot of Supreme Court opinions that I've read over the last 20 years, I have never seen a Supreme Court justice refer back to themselves so often. Usually they point to other, even if they're the authority, they still point to other figures to back up their point rather than saying, I said this, and I said this, and I said this, and I said this. So that was that was the first thing, but it's virtual signaling. It's letting the states know that these are the next things that you could start bringing cases about up to the Supreme Court. It gives the Supreme Court cover because if Justice Thomas retires, which isn't out of the question in the next Republican um, presidency, Because we all saw what happened with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She should have retired under Obama to get appointed rather than trying to wait it out to get appointed when Hillary was supposed to win. So it's not out of the ordinary for him to retire, but it's a wish list of conservative legislatures that are going to start going in now and passing laws that coincide with 
literally the dog whistle that this was. Right. I, not only do I not think it would happen, I mean, I would be a, a shocked if it happened, and here's why. They know it's never going to pass muster. They know they only have one vote. Thomas also is on record as saying he wants to do away with the incorporation doctrine. Yeah, we, we let's also argue for Marbury v. Madison to be overturned. Not going to happen, Thomas. He's the only one singing that song, and it would be a, a one-to-eight decision at the Supreme Court. So I don't think people are going to waste their got- time with that. I don't, and, and what I don't understand, and maybe Joel, you can help me with this because I've been struggling with it for the last week. The the idea that that the original intent idea that Thomas argues, he would not be sitting on the Supreme Court if we followed the original intent of the Constitution. Like I don't make it make sense to me on why he, as a black man in America, could be sitting on the Supreme Court if we went the founders' intent of the constitution i don't it doesn't make sense to me now when you're yeah that's, that's an interesting point though whenever you deal with the original intent you, you gotta also deal with the original uh the, the proper time frame and so you're dealing with the 12th 13th 14th amendments uh you know that that did away with slavery any badge of slavery would be uh unconstitutional so you'd be looking at the intent at that point in time not necessarily the founding fathers but no, you make a good point when it comes to original intent versus any stick to beat a dog versus Breyer's approach to interpreting the Constitution, which right. was it's a living, breathing document. Here's the point. Justices tend to have their desired outcome and they will right. pick their judicial philosophy that lends itself to that desired outcome. My constitutional professor told me that's why the real proper interpretive guide that guides the Supreme court justices is this any stick to beat a dog. We don't care what stick we use. We just want right. the dog beaten. I cannot Indeed. believe we don't have more animal rights issues involved with that, but nonetheless, that's <laughs> horrible. Dogs should not be beaten with any kind of stick. But right. I, I kind of see that. You will read an opinion from the court, and they're going to say, look, original intent, the most important thing out there. That's what that's what right. di- mandates this result. Next case, no, no. We got to understand we yeah. live in the 21st century, and so it's a living, breathing document. It's like, well, what about original intent? No, that does not lend itself to this decision. So they will change based upon the desired outcome right. they want in the case. Right. Six of the nine justices would not be on the court today, including Justice Bur- uh, uh, Justice Jackson, if we followed original intent in, in our decisions. If we were straight with original intent, six of the nine justices, including Samuel Alito, would not be on the court today. So I'm, No, I, I won't agree and, with that one because you, you got to go to original intent in the 1860s when the 13th and 14th Amendments were, were ratified. You want to go back to the Founding Fathers. That would not be the applicable say. original... No, no, the original intent of whoever was who passed that that particular uh, law, and so you're dealing with the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, which is uh, prohibits any badge of slavery. So you cannot have laws that ban and that that uh, deals with the badge of slavery. Okay, so it's not slavery. That's the floor. So Justice Thomas. So we'll use Justice Thomas because he's he's African American. He can't be a slave. That doesn't mean he has a right to an education. Doesn't mean that he has a right to get into law school. Doesn't right they have judiciary. As a matter of fact, they set up laws in that time. The same people who passed the amendment to keep black people in poverty. So if we're still looking at the original intent here, the original intent was to free them from slavery, but not to allow them to prosper. Again, same thing with women, right? Women would not be on the Supreme Court because they weren't even afforded the right to vote until the 1900s. They were still property. So Amy Comey Barrett, Justice Keegan, Justice Sotomayor, Justice Ginsburg, and Justice um, O'Connor, which you could argue that Justice O'Connor was huge in the Roe v. Wade decision. This wouldn't even have been a problem because she wouldn't have been allowed on the court if we're following the original intent of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. See, Chris, I want to have a response to that, but... I am not a biologist, and I don't know what this term women is you're referring to. We have a new day and age because Justice Jackson is now on the Supreme Court, and so the ability to decide what is a woman what is not is beyond my purview. Of course, that is tongue-in-cheek. I, I, uh, I will come back to that later. I think I'm already on the record of saying I don't buy her response. She knows what the difference is between a man and a woman, and her failure to answer, I think, was just saying I don't want to answer that question. All right. That being said, I want you know I'm going to throw one other thought out there just because, and then I want to move on to the next case. I have read some articles out there where some big law law firms are saying they will pay the expenses for their lawyers to travel 
to go get abortions now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And a bunch of companies, right? Apple, mm-hmm. Dick Sporting Goods, stuff like that. Right. My thought is, do, will they do the same thing for adoption? Or are they just saying, we like to end the life of potential life? Or would they do the same thing if they someone wanted to adopt and encourage um, mm-hmm. births? I don't know if they would do the same thing. I really hope that they would. I can only speak to Apple because I know Apple's policy is they have a reimbursement up to $10,000 on adoption fees, and they allow for maternity and paternity leave for times of adoptions up to 10 weeks of each parent. There you go. All right. So, and ASU does the same thing. I have, if I want to adopt with ASU, I get a reimbursement of up to $4,500 for adoption fees. And I get treated the same as if my wife had a child, like a actual physical child, gave birth to a child. I get the same rights to um, paternity leave. All right. There you go. ASU is the place to work for. They will pay your adoption expenses. I am all in favor of that. Next up at the Supreme Court, it wasn't enough just to handle one mega controversial case. Why not just deal with them all at one time? That way people don't know what to be upset about. Let's go to a high school football prayer case where the Supreme Court ruled six to three in favor of Tebowing. Now, what do I mean? Do you remember Tim Tebow, the greatest quarterback never to play in the NFL? I don't understand that. He plays, he brings the Denver Broncos to the playoffs. They win a playoff game and then they cut him. I don't understand that. But nonetheless, um, what the Tebow was is when, when Tebow would do something great on the football field, he just kneeled down in a corner and did a prayer. That's called the Tebow. It's called Tebowing. Well, this high school football coach did the Tebow privately, yes. and he engaged in prayer. And the issue is, can the school fire him for doing the Tim Tebow? No. That was his take on this case. There was another slide. And the other side was this. Look, you did the Tim Tebow, but now everyone is following you. And and so now your students are coming out there. And it's become a big old deal. It's a big old commotion. Everyone from the the, the press reported on it. You have politicians out there knocking people down to get their photograph next to you as you do the Tim Tebow. It's become quite a thing. And so... You gotta stop it. Those are kind of the facts. Hundred percent true. So the Supreme, right? So remember, I told you uh, before. I was told that this is true about the Supreme Court. You don't use the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court uses you. You remember, you remember that? They pick and choose the ones that they like and ruled on it. Yeah. So here you have some sticky facts. You know what the court did with those sticky facts? Yeah, these guys are Ivy League trained. They went to Harvard. They went to Yale. There are no KU law grads among them. The thought there is they can get around it, these sticky facts. And so they said, look, let's just deal with the Tebowing. And so let's focus on the Tebowing, right. and we will be able to explain away all of the messy facts. And so when it comes to doing the Tebow, the court said, that's okay. Uh, You cannot be fired for doing the Tebow privately by yourself. It's not a part of your job. It's not an establishment clause issue where your state employer is saying you must do the Tebow. That's not the issue. This is during a time when all the coaches were allowed to engage in free speech activities. You just won the game or lost the game. Everyone's talking and hugging and kissing and things like that. And so this is during a free speech time. There's no public official duties going on. And so, yeah, you can do the Tebow. You cannot be fired for engaging in religious expression. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on the high school football prayer case? I love how the Supreme Court ignores all other ancillary facts and focuses on the one time that he did it when no one was around. Because that's what the school and the school district screwed up and fired him for. And this is the case that everybody was searching for. Because the Supreme Court looked and said, you're right. He can't make a spectacle of it. They looked at it and they're like, the, the, the school district was fine when he was making a spectacle of it. But after it was all said and done and he decided, well, I'm just going to go by myself and pray. The school board was like, no, we told you all of these things and you went against our, our wishes. And 
That's what the Supreme Court focused on. Not the fact that the guy made it a circus beforehand and then decided to go, oh, I know I made it a circus before, but I'm not going to make it a circus now, so I'm still going to go do it. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Let's ignore all the instigated stuff all the way around it. And, I mean, it, it's bothersome because the minute that anyone other than um, uh, a kneel at the 50-yard line happens and someone talks about uh, being Muslim or they talk about being Jewish, that's going to create a whole new issue because this is so narrowly tailored to middle America um, Christianity that it just makes me sad at the end of the day. The Supreme Court ignores religious freedom for everyone else except for this guy. And it, it just, I, and I know we're going to disagree on this one as well. This is a disagreeable podcast for the first time. <laughs> but you and I are setting the example on how to agreeably disagree. That is what we're trying right. to, to establish here. Yeah, I, I here's my take on, on this story. Beyond the fact that Tim Tebow scores again, Tim Tebow should be in the NFL. I, I'll put that out there <laughs> right now. You, do you remember the curse of the Bambino? The Boston yep. Red Sox traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees, and they never yep. won another World Series again for maybe for like 100 years. For like 15 bucks and a goat or something. Exactly. And so that's called the curse of the Bambino. There should be the curse here of the Tim Tebow because they uh -huh. then cut Tim Tebow. Why did they cut Tim Tebow? Well, they signed uh, Peyton Manning. Okay, I get that. You, Peyton Manning yep. is going to be the starting quarterback. No one doubts that. Hey, Broncos, this is a perfect scenario. Now you have Tim Tebow learning from the, the, feet, the feet of the greatest quarterback of all time until Patrick Mahomes came along. Uh, so that was wow. a perfect scenario. Uh, why did you have to cut Tim Tebow? You could have let him be the understudy. No one would have been clamoring for Tim Tebow to start when you had Peyton Manning on the team, this is a perfect situation for him to learn from the greatest and they decided to cut him. So it's the curse of Tim Tebow is upon, is upon the Denver Broncos. I have no idea where I was going, but okay, Tim Tebow for the win in this case. I want you to hold that energy for this upcoming season. Now that the, uh, the Broncos have Russell Wilson, let's see that theory in action. Oh, they will. What Russell Wilson, they will not win the title while Russell Wilson is their quarterback. Why? Well, number one, curse of the Tim Tebow. Secondly, curse of the, Tebow. the Chiefs are in the same division. Patrick Mahomes is still the greatest quarterback ever. <laughs> Sorry, Broncos. I okay. see what you're doing, but it's not going to work. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes is still the greatest, and uh, we apparently have the greatest coach. We're going to touch on that in just a bit. All right, back, back to my story of this uh, Supreme Court case. Here's what I think is a takeaway. It, the court is very concerned with this concept called the heckler's veto. You need to be careful of the commotion caused by your speech. Here's what I mean. Let's say you engage in protective speech, like in here. He's kneeling down. He's doing the Tim Tebow. That's fine. The school district then says, hey, look, wait a second. Hold on. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. You are fired. Stop doing it. Okay. Their response Cause the the commotion. Now everyone's coming out there. It, you know, now you have uh, the all the commotion going on. You have the other students say, "Oh, look, we got to stand by and protect our coach." We have the the public, you know, the politicians running out there. All the commotion was caused by, arguably, the wrongful decision to tell the coach, "Hey, stop it." So I think the court is very careful when the commotion is caused by the wrongful decision by the school district. It's also called the heckler's veto. So, hey, the response to your speech cannot then be justification for suppressing your constitutionally protected speech. So I think a little bit of that is going on. But nonetheless, I, go on. Yeah, but he he wasn't, he wasn't chastised or he wasn't, it wasn't a big deal until he started inviting students. And again, this was argued at the Supreme court, right? It, it wasn't a big deal until he started inviting students to join him. And then it created the possibility of favoritism. And that's what they were going against was the idea that students were now feeling compelled to go out and pray. So that way they could get playtime. Right. That was, and, and I, I don't feel that was artfully arguing enough or actually that the, the justices that decided that, they actually bought that argument. They didn't, again, they don't look at the surrounding facts. They looked at he just got fired. 
And there was a previous history here of him actually right. praying with his students. So there was this back right. history as well before the Tim Tebowing uh, practice took place. So, yeah, they could have gone that way with the facts as well, looked at the entirety of the last 10 years and what was going on. But, again, you don't use the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court uses you. If they want yep. to take this case and say, look, we have religious freedom in America, you are allowed to kneel down. Do the Tim Tebow, you are allowed to do that. And we're not going to mention the other facts. Then that then becomes the law. All right. Right. Anything else you want to talk about before we get to what we'd like to do most every week is sports courtroom quarterback. Right. Um, They did decide the Oklahoma uh, Native American case, but I haven't been able to dive into that. So I'm looking forward to next week to talk about that. uh, Yes. There's almost so so oh. many cases come out here, came out here right. recently. We can't unpack them all in one week. And so, yeah, well, let's right. talk on that a little bit later. Also, the issue of Chevron. Should Chevron be overturned? The Supreme Court right. is dealing with that one as well. All right, right. It is now time for courtroom quarterback. Let's do it. All right, Chris, let's do it now. We have so I have a couple different issues I want to talk about. Now, this is the time, Chris. Well, I'm just gonna let you know it's just you and I. No one else is now listening to this podcast. Yeah, we just gone. gave them permission to leave. And so a lot of them are not big into sports. They have left only the few dedicated, hey, I care about sports and the law. That segment is still here. There's so much to talk about. Let's just start off with this one. All right. Deshaun Watson's punishment. It is going on right now. There are hearings that are being held with the NFL and Deshaun Watson's group as to what should his punishment be. Chris, I'm having a hard time with this one mm-hmm. because here's where, here's where I'm having a hard time. Two grand juries have convened to criminally yes. indict Deshaun Watson. They looked at all the facts. It was presented to, the, to these grand juries. And, they, and by the way, the evidence here is overwhelming as to what he did. Right. I mean, we, this is not right. one of these situations where did he? No, the issue is, is it illegal? Right? Is it a, right. is it a, is it a crime? Right. Two grand juries said, nope, we're not even going to pursue any kind of charges here. And, uh, and so it, it's very hard to say this is criminal conduct. And I do know in, in a couple of cases, rape was alleged. Okay. Clearly right. rape is a crime. No doubt about that. Yes. But at least the jury is saying, or the grand jury is saying, no, there's nothing here suggesting rape. We, we won't even allow charges to be brought. It's that weak of a case. So what should the NFL do in light of this? Should the NFL care more about, we don't care if it's a crime, Deshaun. You're stupid. You put yourself and your team and the NFL in a bad position by what you did. You should have known better, Deshaun. Uh, and so, indefinite suspension. What should be the NFL's approach? First off, the NFL should stop throwing stones, okay. right? The NFL, the NFL's house is on fire to begin with because they don't have a uniform system of punishments for anything. Uh, if we remember a few years back, when um, was it Ray Lewis who had the girl in his trunk that he drove across straight line, state right. lines? And what was his punishment? One game suspension, three game suspension. Right, right, right. It, it, it was, and that girl in trunk. And then like you had Ray. Then you had the Rice right. situation. Was it Ray Rice who we had L- right. you had you had videotape uh, showing he drug his girlfriend by her hair. Yeah. Then you have the Tom Brady Deflate Gate three game suspension for deflated balls. Right, four games. Uh, yes. Four games. Then you have the kid who bet fifteen hundred dollars on his own team and gets suspended for a year. Like what? What? NFL. We don't trust you know what you're doing. And that's clear. Roger Goodell lying to Congress. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Last week we covered that. He absolutely right. told a fib to Congress, I believe committed perjury. Do I think Deshaun Watson needs to have punishment? Yes. But do I know what that punishment is? No, because there is no standard of review in the NFL. Goodell could wake up tomorrow and go, Deshaun Watson, you're gone forever. You're just, you're suspended indefinitely. Or Roger Goodell could wake up and go, you know what? The Browns, you know, they're playing a couple of primetime games. You know, they, they have the opportunity to, they may be making me a ton of money this year. You know, the underdog story is great. Deshaun, 
you're just suspended for all of uh, the first three non-meaningful games of the season, but but don't do that again. Stay away from massage parlors. You and Robert Kraft have to go to your own special therapy. Interesting. It's, well, so this I, right I, now is before an independent arbiter who's going to decide what the punishment should be. If right. either side disagrees with it, they can appeal it to uh, Roger, Roger Goodell. Goodell. I'm not sure that's going to be a really so good appeal. So if Roger Goodell disagrees with the arbiter, he can then appeal it to himself. You know, I'm not sure decision. on that part of it. I am not sure on that part of it. I definitely know the player can appeal, but I'm not sure if the but usually both sides can appeal, but that would be interesting in this case. Can the NFL then appeal it to Roger Goodell? If that's true, then indefinite suspension, here we come. Yeah. That's what's going to happen here. The NFL you will know indefinitely who I suspend. I want to be you know who I want to be right now? Who I think is the best positioned player in all the NFL? Who? Baker Mayfield. He does have a nice gig. He he gets to sit there and he gets to collect his guaranteed pay, which is another like 25 mil, and he could tell the Browns to suck it. Right. And just and just work on the offseason, get his wow. 25 million and then enter the free agency market next year. That is going to be so fun if if uh, I shouldn't say fun in this context, but you you know what I'm saying. Right. If Deshaun fun, Watson is indefinitely suspended and then the Cleveland's going to say, "Oh, we kind of need, need a quarterback this year." Baker, you know what? You actually didn't do that bad last year. How about mm-hmm. staying with us another year? That's I know both sides are saying no, we both have moved on. But if Deshaun Watson is indefinitely suspended, so he's not going to be here this next year, that might be a reality. I don't know what's going to happen in that situation, but that'll be definitely interesting to follow. What if Baker Mayfield tanks a season? Right? If he goes out there and intentionally loses games. He will not do that. No. I know. He will give it his best. Here's going to be the problem. He's going to play his best. He'll be probably an all-pro this year. Do you then keep Deshaun Watson or do you say, hey, you know what, Baker, that's what's in the past is in the past. Let's go back to making commercials. Right. Baker's going to he's going to come out and he's going to have a Tom Brady esque year and he is going to he's going to have a Patrick Mahomes level of competition. And then he's going to be like, see, ya, I'm leaving you for the Jets. Yes. If if Baker Mayfield tanked this year. He's done in the NFL. That's why I don't think he would do that. He knows his future's on the line. He'll get another shot. But if you're tanking and it's clear to other teams you're tanking, you're done. And so I I don't think he would do that. All right. You found a um, an article this past week that I think is just dynamite, and I want to focus on it here and just I want to (laughs) revel in it for just a bit. This was an article that ranked the top NFL coaches. Yep. Now they did not interview me. If they had interviewed me. I probably would have given you this exact same list. Who was number one on this list? Uh, that would be the lovely Andy Reid. That is amazing. They are so right. right. That is why Russell Wilson, uh, sorry, you're not winning a, t- a conference title. Nope. We still have Andy Reid. Andy Reid can win with whoever at quarterback. That's how good of a coach he right. is. You put him with Patrick Mahomes, possibly the greatest physical talent NFL has ever seen <laughs> and wow we have very explosive offenses the only one who could stand in the way and stop this would be our offensive coordinator we're not going to talk about that right. right now we're going to talk about positive stuff here and so I think Andy Reid is the greatest coach who, who, who else was on that list so coming in in the number two spot which I thought was the biggest upset because we would all think that Bill Belichick is number two right He's not. Bill Belichick is number three. He gets unseated by this yuppie upstart named Sean McVay. Little known coach out of Los Angeles. So apparently Um, when you are a cheater, they say, you know, maybe you're not the best coach because you cheated. Here's the other reason why Bill Belichick should not be number two. He also had Tom Brady on his team. So he he was a a proven cheater, not just an allegation. He was actually proven to be a cheater on multiple occasions. And he had Tom Brady as his quarterback. So maybe that's why he won a few games. By the way, Mr. Um, um, Hoodie, how well have yes. you done without Tom Brady on your team? You, you, you That were- was the discussion. That's the discussion, right? They go, well, he still made it to the playoffs without Tom Brady. You did. You made it to the first round. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. He right. left, picked up a nothing team out of Florida and took them to the bowl at yes. their home stadium in his first year. So, Belichick, you, you, you need Tom Brady. You need him there. Bill Belichick has yet to prove himself 
as a great coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. Okay, I mean, he was right, decent right. there in Cleveland, though he benched Bernie Kosar. I'm not sure I understood that decision. And, and then he went to um, New England, immediately got Tom Brady mm-hmm. as his quarterback. So the history books wrote that chapter. But then after Tom Brady left, yeah, you, you made one playoffs and you lost first round. I mean, coaches have been fired for, for more yeah. than less than that. So uh, I'm not uh, sure that's uh, anything to brag about. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and then the, the rounding out the rest of the list is Mike Tomlin in number four and then Harbaugh at number five. All right. I so, definitely would agree with that. Harbaugh, yeah, I like. List. I like Harbaugh at number five because he, like um, Andy Reid, he wins no matter who his quarterback is. So he's able to right. just say, hey, guys, guys I have in front of me, we're going to win, and we're going to win at a right. high level every single year. And so that's why I think right. he is a great coach. And he well, won yeah. a Super Bowl, so you can add that to his record as well. Yeah, Harbaugh's been with the Ravens for about 15 years now. He has uh, well over 50% win rating, and he's 1-0 in Super Bowls. So he's undefeated when he makes it to the Super Bowl. There you go. All right. Well, that is it for this week's debriefing of the law. Uh, Wimbledon is going on as well, but we will unpack oh, yes. that next week. Yeah, the Wim- I'm a huge tennis fan. I am following every match at Wimbledon. Just rock chalk, jack sock. How did I get a KU reference in there somehow? But nonetheless, because uh, Jack Sock here is is from Kansas City, played high school tennis there at Blue Valley North, and he is playing Wimbledon. He is playing in the men's draw. He's also playing okay. in the doubles draw and okay. the mixed doubles draw as well. He is pulling a, a trifecta here. We'll see how far Jack Sock can go. But let's root for Jack Sock in Wimbledon, and uh, let's right. talk about that more next week. Hey, have a great 4th of July. Count all your fingers and toes. Make sure you have all of them next week and go out and save the pooches and let's have a great week. We'll see you, Joel. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe. Plicity Marketing for our technical and computer support.